Oh, I love it. I love it. So young, so many ideas of what they want to do and they're not afraid. Hey, The other one says, I want to be an actress. And then she sort of role plays for us right there, live during the people. <laughs> I think it's absolutely beautiful. No inhibitions whatsoever. Absolutely amazing to listen to these young ones. But the reality, my friend, is that they will grow up. And when they grow up, they'll be confronted with facts such as what we see today. Hmm? The likes of 27 odd percent uh, unemployment to the likes of uh, inequality and all manner of social ills that can um, inhibit them from being the best version of themselves, from having those dreams that they had come true. So how do we fix it? What do we do to make sure that they do find jobs as they get older? Where do they start, right? Now, I'm excited because it's a solution-driven show and we've got just the answer for you. We're talking about a platform now where entry-level job seekers can learn powerful skills to empower themselves towards landing a decent job and uh, this uh, platform also helps people to connect with potential employers. I'm joined now by the Director of Business Development at Jobstarter, Andrew Klo. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for availing yourself. Awesome. Mm. Tell me a little bit about the concept, how it came about and how different it is from your usual, shall we call them labor brokers <laughs> or those uh, websites that say yeah. hiring, etc. What is your unique selling point? So, I mean, just to give you maybe just a brief background on where Jobstarter started, mm-hmm. we were incubated by the DG Murray Trust, which is essentially a development agency that work across from cradle to career. So we realized that the, the thing with unemployment is that there's so many structural barriers that really undermine young people's potential to be able to access um, opportunities or sit in the forefront of those. So we realized three key things. One was the high cost of seeking employment. And secondly, was the social capital that comes with getting access to opportunities. And with that, you can imagine, for example, a middle class or a wealthy kid, the dinner, the dinner table conversation is very different mm. to someone who is sitting not just on the peripherals of the city, but peripherals of opportunity too. That conversation is quite different and they don't have that social capital that will link them to opportunities. And lastly, we thought, how do we create um, a platform that is scalable, right? However, we've seen with a lot of um, the youth employment kind of initiatives that come out, scalability becomes a measure of success. But then when you think about it, with seven point, close to 7.9 million young people who are unemployed, we needed to find a way of being able to reach all and most of them. So mm-hmm. we realized that there is really no up-to-date um, information on if you're someone who is sitting at home, far away from opportunities, how do we bring opportunities closer to you? Mm-hmm. And how do we digitally empower you? Because we can't run away from the fact that you know we are moving into a digital era. Having said that, we can't be oblivious to the high cost of data in the country. So we decided let's create a platform that will inform, learn and connect. So on the other part of our our platform then there is the employer platform where then young people once they've completed the three assessments then they're able to signal to an employer that hi look at me I'm here and this is what I've done. But further to that we've created it in a way that they're also able to show interest in certain opportunities, right? And so we realized that um, a lot of entry-level recruiters, they get frustration, frustrated from the high absconding rates, mm-hmm. especially when you look at learnerships and internships. And 
that that has that gave us so much um, information around why do people abscond? They're too far away from the opportunities. It makes no sense for someone who is sitting in Hammersgrail to take a learnership that co- that pays two thousand five hundred rand in Johannesburg, and they're going to spend most of their money on transport. However, when you create a platform like JobStarter, we're then able to say, by the time an employer even reaches out to you, they must also be mindful of the fact that let's find opportunities that are close to where our mm-hmm candidates are. Mm-hmm. So this year we've recently, we relaunched on Friday and included a geotagging mechanism. So then that means that wherever you are in the country, you can literally say, drop in, this is where I am, and this is how this is what I've done, and this is the bit of experience that I have. Mm-hmm. And on the information side of it is that there's a lot of information, especially on the internet, um, but not all of it is palatable. And once you have the information, people don't know what to do with that information. So we're saying, here's palatable information. We're going to create technology that will signal employers who are close to you. But more, more importantly, even if they're not close to you, there's tons of us who migrate from um, our hometowns and come yes. to Johannesburg. Uh-huh. At least come here knowing you have an interview. Mm. Because it's really unfair for someone to take their last bit of money or ask next door when they're not only first generation unemployed. You can imagine this is someone probably third and fourth generation. Yeah. And to be able to say, at least you know when you're coming here, you're either coming for an interview and there's been some form of pre-screening yes. done. Yes. And it creates, it's incredible how sitting in front of an op- opportunity or an interview creates that little bit of hope. Mm. You know, And I think the nice thing around our learning is that um, it's not only about jobs. It's about empowering yourself. That's we right. want to create a cohort that has agency and people who are able to even create their own opportunities in their communities. We were quite surprised to see how many of our candidates don't put volunteering as work experience. Sure. And that's an actual thing. But then when you look at um, the studies that go out around millennials, um, there's a millennials who want to work for companies that are socially aware. And volunteering falls into that space. Mm. Um, so, so there's that that's going on. But I think also we are bringing people to the forefront of opportunities who may have never even thought that they will be seen. And it is bite-sized and it costs you absolutely nothing. That's why also in my role, and sometimes when I sit with clients, I fight and I say, I get that you want these graduates or candidates who are who come from all of these other grand universities, but then what evidence do you have that, let's look at historically black universities, that mm-hmm. they, the candidates are not as, as good. So then here we are upskilling them, but most importantly, we are also working with young people to kind of sure. give them a sense that, you know, you are seen and you're valued mm. and you're not just you know, someone in the streets, you're actually part of changing the country's narrative. I love it. I love it. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, a few things just from your opening words that I'd like to pick on, you know, the assessments and uh, what they actually test for, you know, um, and then uh, the job types, you know, you did mention that it's entry level. What kinds of jobs are we looking for? Because, you know, sometimes our kids want to be CEO tomorrow, (laughs) tomorrow. Um, Safety also when people go and look for jobs or some of the things that we need to discuss. Mm -hmm. we're going to uh, unpack it all in just a moment. A quick ad break. We'll be back after this. Life Happens with Ayanda Ali Payne. Weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. 
We continue our conversation with the Director of Business Development at uh, Job Starter, Andrew Glow, uh, just taking us through some of the interventions that they've brought about to try and get young people um, access to job opportunities and jobs themselves. Let's speak a little bit about the assessments. You said that young people have to go through uh, an assessment that sort of evaluates uh, their uh, performance, their abilities, their talents, their gifts, uh, skill sets. Tell me a little bit about what to the, uh, that entails. So we currently have three main assessments. One is introduction into the workplace, mm-hmm. and then we have numeracy, and then we have communication in the workplace. So we went through a bit of a research phase while we were um, developing these these assessments to kind of say, you know, what really is it that um, that employers are looking for when they want um, candidates. However, when you look at kind of the stats that came out of um, our assessments, we have th- there's a huge m- I don't know if it's a mystery or um, a viewpoint around maths and literacy, Mm. um, numeracy rather, Mm -hmm. that it'd been bad. So we have in our numeracy assessments, we have the least amount of attempts, but the highest pass rates. Mm. So then that means that there's a perception around numbers. People are afraid of numbers. And Mm. I I can see it even with myself. You know, I I had to bring myself to this thing to say I was terrified of maths, although I carried it for so long. But Mm. once something said I can actually do it. So that really works. So what we're doing now is encouraging people to kind of try these numeracy assessments. And they're not, you know, you're not going to be solving hectic algorithms. But to be completely honest, when you get to work, um, you will learn what you need to learn at work. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, there's a certain level of understanding numbers. The or basics. How the base. Yeah. I didn't know how to the type basics. an email. Yeah. My first time when I got to work, someone asked me a question. I was like, yes, that's correct. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> but then, and you take it for granted that um, that you need to be able to certain DSO ways. DSO and so, comma, space, DSO and space. so, comma, space. Yes. If you want to be yeah. passive aggressive, say kind regards. Uh. But, <laughs> but, you know, so they, so there's those type of skills that also we really take for granted. Yeah. And um, and it's not really to say that there's, there's no one else doing that. But then I think the way we do our learning, we kind of create a persona that you can relate mm. to. Um, and also... So the difficulty is also language, right? And we're hoping maybe in the next few years we'll figure that out because language is such a luxury. Um, but then we can't go into this thing assuming that everyone is going to understand right. English and in the way that mm. um, corporate needs to understand it. So then that is the learning piece. But then the other, from the candidate section, the other piece on our, on our information portal for the employers is to kind of say, okay, this is what um, the feedback that we're getting from a lot of entry-level job mm-hmm. seekers. You know, you can you can imagine someone who does not come from the typical middle-class family when they walk into a big organization. Very intimidating. They, very, they don't even have the language yeah. to even express what is happening. Mm-hmm. And most likely, they don't succeed. So... That's kind of where we are right now. But the assessments, they are compulsory. And what happens is that post doing the assessments, then it will flag then to the employer. Then you pull into the employer or opportunity provider portal. And then they're able to see someone who is um, then ready and have done X amount of assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, on average, you require about 70% um, to complete. Very interesting thing, though, is we have a 76%, um, 76% of our users are women. Ah. which which is part deliberate, but then also it just shows what's happening. So then 
we realized that um, at the core of what we're trying to do uh, on an organizational level is to work with the vulnerable in society. That's right. And the vulnerable are young people and women. Mm. Um, and so it was so encouraging to see that that's happening, but then not to say we need to exclude the gentleman because that data is also telling us um, something that perhaps maybe we mm. might be missing. So the assessments, it's great, but also bigger than actual passing the assessment you can just imagine if at your first time you tried something and you succeed, it eats at you. Mm. Um, but then as you keep trying and you get better at it, I really believe that confidence and you actually seeing yourself do something right, it has some yeah. form of effect that yeah. we still need to quantify um, what that looks like. I think know? the byproduct of being involved in a platform such as this is that you gained a renewed sense of self-worth, of purpose, Absolutely. and 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 your psyche towards uh, looking mm. for opportunities, changes to the point where you might even start to create your own. You know, Absolutely. you might even think, ah, yeah, no, this job thing is okay, no, but I think I can be more. <laughs> exactly. You know, I can do more. You know. Which I think is quite important. Let's talk a little bit about the job types that, that mm -hmm. I mentioned uh, just before we took the break. So you did mention that they're entry level. You mentioned that numeracy, basic numeracy is important. I take it if you're going to be a cashier, you need to do the basics. You, know, yeah. you need to understand the basics. What sort of jobs are you preparing uh, these young people for? Um, I think, first of all, beyond jobs, we are preparing people who have agency. Mm -hmm. Um and so entry-level jobs, I mean, they vary from, you can have your typical graduate programs, but then we're also looking at a lot of learnerships that okay. we kind of work with because also the learnership space, it's, it's, it's nice in the sense that it allows you to learn on the, on the mm. job. Mm -hmm. um, and they're quite varied, but then we, we don't want to close ourselves to the types of work. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is to open up opportunities to a greater and wider audience because we're sitting with so much untapped talent that we will never be able to see. Mm. Um, but also there's a huge advocacy piece. I think that as job starter, we try to do to say, you know, just broaden yourselves a little bit in terms of the type of candidates that you want. I know exactly the type of person that goes into corporate because I've been that person. And I know exactly the type of person who can have the same skills as I do, but then maybe because they didn't have that social capital mm. or... Mm -hmm privileged to a certain extent mm -hmm. um, that won't make it simply because they didn't show up. So then also we need to conscientize um, the opportunity providers on their end to say young people are not a homogenous group. Yeah. They're so different. They're so varied. They're so nuanced. And I think also at the same time, if we were to ever then start saying we're looking for only specific types of jobs, we we fall at risk of closing out quite a lot of people. Yeah. So when you look at the needs, you know, that 15 to, two, to 24 years old who's, who are not in education, employment, or even training, um, they're quite varied. They can do quite a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but also the type of jobs that you get, it's not the end all and be all. Mm -hmm. um, we also need to create a culture of kind of like learning and growing and I guess earning the stripe. That's a big millennial debate around. I want to be a CEO at day one, you yeah, know. Yeah. But then also then let's transform our business so that young people and these needs can see people that look like them. Mm. It should be aspirational, you know? It should it should it should you should also see someone that looks like you 
to a certain extent so that you can believe that actually I can do that yeah. too. Do you know, I'm also very double-minded when it comes to this because there's the issue of unemployment and then there's the issue of, is it unemployability, right? I don't even mm-hmm. know if that's a word, but but if, uh, if someone is, is unemployable, yeah. you know, by virtue of the fact that maybe they didn't finish their tertiary qualification mm-hmm. or they didn't finish matric, etc., is it advisable to give such people a chance because they'll uh, have more to prove and they'll be hungry, they'll have a drive for this thing. Uh, they would have outside been left out, you know, otherwise been left out of the system, but they're fighting to get back mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and grow. And, uh, you know, maybe that could also mitigate a number of social ills, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The other side of the coin would suggest, no, reward people who've worked hard, who've finished uh, studying, who've gone, you know, against all odds to complete what they thought was near impossible. And those are the people that should be given jobs in corporate. What's your take? So... I'm actually, I'm going to give you a different view, right? Uh-huh. So then I think different interventions um, will work for different people. Yeah. So then with us where we are right now, we say, okay, cool. What is the persona of someone who is employable mm-hmm. in the general sense? And what interventions, because there are people who are employable, who are studied, yeah. but then there's still no opportunities for them, right? And you could realize there's maybe other um, ex- environmental factors that don't allow them to 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 enter the, the workforce. Those those people require certain type of interventions. Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting with then the typical job starter candidate that, we, that we're sitting with. One of the, some of them are employable, but not necessarily have the opportunity to showcase their skills. Mm. Hence, we have the signaling signaling mechanism to show. But then also there are others who perhaps are unemployable, perhaps they are despondent. Mm. Those ones require different types of interventions. Because yeah. I think sometimes the way we get it wrong is to kind of say, let's get jobs. Jobs, it is my opinion, jobs are not enough. You know, as recent mm. as, I mean, last year towards the end of the year, we had um, a client ask for a recruitment for about 80 candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, no, rather 60. Um, we personally called 80. I was just like, we need to actually make sure that they pitch. Yeah. Personally called 80. They raised their hands. On the day, only 44 arrived mm. for the initial screening. And by the end, only four of them made it through. And then we dubbed that that 44-44 phenomenon. Wow. And we soon realized that this is not special to the specific recruitment. It is actually happens across board quite a lot. Um, that you will have, there, there are opportunities, which are our low-hanging fruit. And that's why I would like to encourage opportunity providers to actually get in touch with Jobstarter and bring those opportunities because they're those low-hanging opportunities, but with no one to fall. Mm-hmm. And um, and we said, why is this happening? And it's happening quite a lot. And with some of our other stakeholders, we engaged that. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, this is the norm. Yeah. And so are we sitting with a youth that's despondent? Um, are we sitting with a youth that just really just don't trust the system? Mm-hmm. Or are they so far down in, in I guess, their despair of even getting up and going to show up for an interview mm. that they, they opt not to. So I think jobs are not enough. We need to really be creative and we need to collaborate quite a lot. So yep. it's not a matter of who do we give the jobs to and who do we not give the jobs to. It's most importantly also who do we instill that kind of sense of hope and agency and and value 
because it's a, it's so nice when you see the value of what it is that you're doing in the greater scheme of things, you know. And even if I look at myself, I probably could have stayed in corporate, but I know the value of what it is that I'm doing mm. for the greater good of this economy and uh, the country and to change this narrative. So the types of interventions are different and there's so many others who are doing work out there mm. and Everyone, everyone deserves a seat at the table. Yep. So we know exactly who our target market is. And those are the people that we want to bring at the forefront of opportunities. But I'm pretty sure there might be other interventions that kind of say, okay, we're going to work with graduates who, mm. and, they, and there's tons of them. I mean, I see them all the time. Yeah. Graduates who finished and who are employable, whatever that means. But big, big percentage of the unemployed youth really sits in these ones who are so-called unemployable. And we need to unpack what does that unemployability mean? Is it your willingness to upskill someone and patience? Mm -hmm. And then where do they sit? Then let's put them in those organizations. But most importantly, let's create interventions where we're able to close the wheel. That's right. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about... The process of job hunting, we have established that it is a costly exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a very laborious exercise, <laughs> yeah. but it can also be one that is terribly unsafe in this country that mm-hmm. we live in. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can talk about how they've been scammed or how they've been yeah. uh, taken for a ride in one way or another that was just not a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. How does the platform eliminate those kind of possibilities so that people don't find themselves uh, you know, worse for wear because they had looked for a job and they and they used a job seeker, job starter. Job starter. starter yes. Okay, so, I mean, as early as this morning, I was working through thousands of emails trying to vet yeah. companies. Right. Um, so what we've done is we've created a mechanism where, um, for example, as an employer, you can consent to be vetted. Okay. So then there's certain um, criteria that we use to say, you know, is is the company real um who's a representative who are your directors um and yeah who are your directors and are you an actual organization kind of like what's your track record mm-hmm. so that kind of comes through us through um, a banking system we do have a verification partner that we work with and then once that's verified then they can go online we do however that's in maybe the articles that we write or and the information pieces you know do not put your ID numbers mm. or your direct phone mm-hmm. numbers there, you know, because at the end of the day, we are a digital platform. So as much as even me as, you know, doing the <laughs> onboarding clients, I don't have capacity to sit with each and every um, mm-hmm. business, especially when you start looking at small businesses. There's so many That's of right. them yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put them through a vetting process just to kind of mitigate then the risk of people abusing the system. And then there is kind of like a feedback loop where we can. And the nice thing about being digital is that you can always find that information in our back end right. yes. to see um, kind of what's happening. So that that is a real thing. Um, so we do absolutely do do vetting. It's uh, we just can't, and especially with seventy six percent women mm. on our platform, mm-hmm. you know, there is we we all know what happens. Um, especially women are currently like at risk, you know, for for, mm. for, for, for abuse. They're the most vulnerable in that sense. Look, I think it's a necessary platform. I definitely think that uh, there's plenty of room to grow. I don't know which areas you haven't tapped into just yet. The rural areas, very close to my heart. Uh, so I definitely think there's there's opportunity there as well to continue to empower uh, these young people who are just getting into the job market. But very quickly, 
Give me the details again. Where do we find you? How do we find you? How do we surf for job starter? Okay, so you can go to www.jobstarter.co.za. Uh-huh. That's where our website is. And then on social media, it's jobstarter.za. We're on Twitter and on Facebook. Otherwise, just drop us an email on info at jobstarter.co.za. And most importantly, we are a free service. Mm-hmm. So if you're an employer looking to employ Um, recruit people all you have to do is go online and we will vet you and just be honest about the work that you have yeah just to the safety thing and then it's also it's also free service for um the candidate so we've built it mobile first it will so the cost of seeking employment there's a study that came out it comes to roughly between 500 to to 900 rands a month but then you can complete our assessments and profile for a cost of four and 23 cents something then you're visible to employers mm. and then after that it's really up to you and we're not precious about you finding jobs at um, a job starter only mm-hmm. we've created a cv functionality where you can click download and send your cv out to anyone else i love it i love it i love it thank you very much for joining us andrew it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having us over Ayanda. Mm-hmm. and yeah let's see in a year we'll be having a different story. Uh, I look forward to that. <laughs> it is a minute after two. Uzi signing by with the latest news.